You're listening to Language Nerds to Earth, a podcast about linguistics, culture, travel, and how they're all connected. Now it's time to meet your language nerd hosts. One in China, one in Spain. It's Patrice and Rachel. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Language Nerds to Earth. I am Patrice. And I'm Rachel. And this is episode number 38. Yes. And today we're going to talk about exercise. What? Yeah, exercise. Why is that related to our podcast? (laughs) (laughs) It totally is, Rachel. (laughs) So how we're going to talk about how exercise is perceived around the world and different ways that people tend to exercise. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a look at some data on obesity and overweight around the world, which is always just really interesting to me. I don't know why. Maybe because it's like a universal thing. Yeah. It's something that affects everyone to different extents. Mm-hmm. Maybe not like the same way culturally, but it affects everybody physically and mm-hmm. healthily. Hmm. <laughs> See how good at wording I am? <laughs> Perfect. Mm. <laughs> Do you really speak three languages, Patrice? (laughs) (laughs) But first, I have some really great language news. You know, Rachel, when when I first found this language news, I thought, I'm always excited about language news. Uh Because I was thinking about how we're going to introduce it, and I was like, uh, you know, oh, we have some really exciting language news! But I was like, wait, I'm always excited about language news. Maybe because no other news is ever language related. Yeah, that's true. It's not like breaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A language has added a new word. Yes, wow. right. It's, it's always like, <laughs> by the way, the end of the year, when we're collecting all the random news from the year, here's the language news. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I forgot, we do have a Lost in Translation moment. Who's that from? This is from Simone. Okay. She lives in Spain. Great. So look forward to a new Lost in Translation moment at the end of the episode from Simone. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Simone. Okay, so the language news. This is very near and dear to our hearts, I think, coming yeah. from the southeast of the U.S. <laughs> this language news comes from AL.com. Alabama.com. AL? AL.com? When I first read it, I thought it was AI, like artificial intelligence, but it is definitely AL. (laughs) Yeah, it's totally AL for Alabama, which if you don't know, is a state in the southeastern United States. Mm -hmm. The deep south. Yeah, it's quite deep south. So I thought it was just precious that this linguist in Alabama says, you know what? We all need to start using contraction y'all mm-hmm. so his point is that linguistically english lacks a second person plural mm-hmm. so yeah. if you speak another language it probably exists in that language mm-hmm. most romance languages are like that yes and in english we just don't have that anymore korean has it uh chinese has it it is kind of odd that English doesn't have it. Apparently, we used to. We used to use the term ye. Yeah. I didn't know that that was the use of ye. But Me neither. 
it makes sense because I have heard it in that context. Mm-hmm. So the pronoun thou used to be you, and then the plural version of it was ye, as in Y-E. Right. And that's formal, right? It doesn't say anything about it being formal. I okay. always assumed that it was formal, but maybe that's because it sounds formal to us now. I don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm, there are informal versions of the plural form of you in a lot of different places in the U.S. We've got y'all in the South, which, by the way, the correct punctuation of y'all is Y apostrophe A-L-L. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think it's Y-A apostrophe L-L, but it's short for you space all. So they take out the U. Right. For clarification there, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Also in the Northeast, people will say use guys. In Pittsburgh, you've got yuns. Midwestern, we have yuns. Uh uh-uh, uh, that's totally it, yeah. And use also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard that in more in Canada and mm-hmm. Eastern Canada. And also I heard Ireland, maybe? Or Scotland. I've heard recently that it was popular there i think scotland that's interesting Youth. i didn't know that or maybe ireland i i really can't remember but i thought <laughs> oh that makes a lot of sense because when i went to the east coast of canada they used goose mm. um and they have almost like irish accents there oh. in prince edward island that's really cool yeah well in any case uh, we also have you guys, right? Which right. is a little uncomfortable. I say you guys just because it. I I can't get away with saying y'all very well. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't feel very comfortable, but I do say you guys. The only times that I have used y'all in my life was when there was no other way to unawkwardly express possession. Okay. Of the plural form of you. And I wanted to make sure that it was plural and not singular you. For example, if I'm talking to a couple and I'm referring to their house, the house belongs to both people. Mm-hmm. And to call it you guys' house, that sounds very, very awkward. So yeah. I would say y'all's house. It feels less awkward to me to use it in the South. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I can almost do it. But I mm-hmm. feel more comfortable when I say you all instead of y'all. Mm, yeah. What are you all going to do this afternoon? Yeah, true. Yeah, it's, you know, I agree that I'm not very comfortable saying y'all. I'm more comfortable with you all. But either way, I'm totally on board for adapting a new version of the plural form of you. Just if it has to be y'all, if it has to be yous, like I'm okay with with whatever. Just we gotta, yeah, yins. I'll take yins. It's not pretty. But you know what? I think we need one. <laughs> what if we bring back ye? Hey, girl. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Start to... And thou while we're at it, like... <laughs> you know what? We could bring some honorifics in. Thou might not have been formal before, but it could be now. <laughs> <laughs> Just revolutionize the language. <laughs> yeah. We would... Probably not make very much progress, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag bring ye back. I got it. That's it. Hashtag bring ye back. 
Yeah, so let us know if you think that we need to start using a plural for the second person. And what should it be? <laughs> right. Poll. <gasps> Facebook poll? Oh, let's do a Facebook poll. Yes. Go to our <laughs> Facebook and weigh in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, are you on board? Let us know. And uh, I'm very happy about this. Yeah. Very interested in, in hearing your opinions. So let's move on to our main topic of the day. Yeah. Exercise around the world. First, let's talk about some stats on just activity levels. The World Health Organization ranks people as insufficiently physically active. And globally, it's 23% of men and 32% of women. So, wow. yeah, in all of these studies, women were ranked as being less physically active than men for various reasons. That's interesting. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, the Americas had the highest prevalence of insufficient physical activity as far as regions go. 39% of adults in the Americas. And then the Eastern Mediterranean region had 35% of people with insufficient physical activity. Yeah. I think it's interesting also how much it has risen in the last quarter of a decade or a little bit more, 30 years, it looks like. 75 mm-hmm. to 1975 to 2016. Yeah. The prevalence of obesity uh, among children and adolescents from 5 to 19 went from 4% to 18%. Ugh. Damn. In 2016, an estimated 41 million children under the age of 5 were overweight or obese. Wow. So, I think that part of the reason that the prevalence of obesity or being overweight has increased is partially a good thing, not the result, Mm -hmm. but it's due to there being enough food in a lot of places Mm -hmm. and enough access to food, but maybe the wrong types. And higher standards. Right, higher standards of living, but maybe the wrong types of foods are chosen and then it's not balanced with activity. Yeah, that I agree. I think it's like a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. People go from more active jobs to ones where they sit down a lot at a desk and that, you know, thousand calories that they might have burned per day doing whatever job they were doing mm-hmm. is now cut down to like 200 or 250 just from sitting down. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are a lot of reasons as to what's been happening that we'll also get into more later, but sedentary lifestyle is a huge part of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Which comes when you have usually a higher standard of living. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a luxury to have that, but you know. It's a bit of a catch-22. <laughs> yeah, our bodies weren't made to be still. Right. The most sedentary country in the world is Malta, according to Lancet, which is a peer-reviewed general medicine journal. So Malta is a group of islands in the Mediterranean Sea between Europe and North Africa, and almost 72% of adults there are physically inactive, according to the study. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a really small country, but... It's not going to be a lot of people, but it's a huge 
portion of the population and definitely yeah. says something about the normal lifestyle there. Yeah, about the culture that's typical. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Swaziland, South- Saudi Arabia, Argentina, and Serbia also had 68 to 69% of people who were classified as inactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Middle East has a lot of very low physical activity levels, and I think part of that is, you know, it's very hot, so it's yeah. kind of crazy to go outside in a lot of cases. Right, you want to conserve your energy and your coolness. Does that make sense? Yeah. You don't want to get too hot by, like, right. you're not going to go play tennis outside in most exactly. cases. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of it's also cultural. Mm-hmm. But I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg, the culture or the heat. <laughs> right. And, I mean, I'm sure people don't have to go outside. I know that, you know, modern civilization adapts to to these issues. But, like you said, maybe... The culture evolved to not really value physical activity. Right. And in the Middle East also, it can be a gendered issue as well. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, again, more active men than women. So there is a general trend that countries with a higher income level are less likely to be active than countries with lower income levels. Huh. (sighs) That's interesting, because then you also think about people that have a high income do things like skiing or mountain biking or other kind of... Well, I don't know if mountain biking is expensive. But anyway, (laughs) skiing... Yeah, skiing or... um, I can't think of other rich people sports. Uh, joining a gym, even. Yeah. <laughs> joining a gym costs money. Yeah, but you're right. Skiing is expensive. Biking is expensive, actually. Yeah, that's true. Biking. Anything that requires lots of like very specialized equipment, I think, is something that is kind of exclusive. Totally, yeah. And I mean, it, there are like niche groups. In the U.S., the fitness industry is bigger than in any other country in the world. yeah. So there's a lot of money to be made in these different niches. So CrossFit is so expensive. Biking is so expensive. One time I tried to go for a bike ride with a group of people that usually bike together. And I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I don't know. I got to train for this bike ride that I signed up for. And I show up to this group of people who are biking with my like road bike and myself and my helmet. And all these people show up with their helmets and their super sweet biking garb and their gear and their yeah. pads and their like biking sunglasses and I was and their biking shoes and their, and their gloves and <laughs> yeah I was like oops <laughs> yeah that's so true actually biking is really expensive yeah like each one of those things costs I don't know a hundred bucks like by the time you get it all together you've spent a couple thousand probably mm-hmm yeah and that's probably not the only set they have most people who are really into biking true they need two pairs of like super expensive biking sunglasses because you know what if you leave one in the porsche <laughs> right <laughs> anyway that was a rant um yeah a little bit of a rant oops <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there are different activity levels around the globe we've kind of looked at some trends This was interesting. The World Health Organization, looking at kids, assessed what percentage of children around the world did less than 60 minutes of moderate to vigorous intensity physical activity every day. 
as the World Health Organization recommends, and it was 81% of school-going adolescents between 11 to 17. So that is, I mean, I was definitely in that category when I was an adolescent. Me too. I didn't get... 60 minutes a day? It's kind of a lot. I mean... It does sound like a lot, yeah. I think it's difficult a lot of times due to the busy lifestyle, and unless you're in a sport, which is not anyone by any means, (laughs) then usually there's not time carved out for it yeah and you think about how much the incidence of behavioral disabilities has skyrocketed and i mean part of it is due to increased awareness but how much of it is due to kids not getting the kind of physical activity they need and getting rid of the energy that they might have pent up in their system because they're supposed to be running around more and playing. Like, I even think about my students who are about nine right now. There are a lot of kids who, they really want to get up and play and, like, jump around. And, I mean, I can let them get up and dance, but (laughs) (laughs) with 40 students in the class, they cannot, like, just... It's pandemonium if I let them do whatever they want, so... Right, totally. (laughs) But anyway, uh, yeah, I can definitely see that a lot of them aren't getting the kind of stimu- like physical stimulation that I think they probably need. Yeah. yeah. So let's take a look at some cultural perceptions of health now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rachel found some really interesting stuff on this. It's kind of difficult, actually. This Is this where you said you were struggling to find the kind of stuff you wanted? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to see more than I could find. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wanted to find more information about the perception of different genders, of different social classes, maybe about exercise according to different cultures, but I couldn't find so much. But you did find some good stuff, like this one about perspectives on health from the University of Alberta. Mm -hmm. So it says that in North America, we accept Western medicine and views on health. We value longevity and and youth, and many people participate in physical activity and eat well because we believe this will make us healthier and help us live longer, and it'll make us more attractive, I think. Yeah, Yeah. North Americans care about body image. Yeah, I think a big part of the way that people exercise and the importance they give to it is their culture's ideal of beauty, Mm -hmm. which is very different. If you've ever seen one of those images that they sent to people in every different country and then they photoshopped it to make it look like their country's standard of beauty. Mm, yeah. The weight is different. The importance of different aspects of the body is different, coloring, etc. Mm-hmm. So I think part of it is that, is there a big importance given to having a muscular body or... Like thin frame, right. no curves. Yeah, and in North America, I think that's true. Like a lot of the main body type for, let's say, for women is to be slender. That doesn't mean without curves. Well, nowadays, it's really in style to have lots of muscles, mm-hmm. defined muscles uh, for women instead of just being slim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But being slim is still, I think, important a lot of the time. Yeah, exactly. Like in the 20s, it was really popular to not really have any kind of curves and people with mm-hmm. women would strap down their breasts. Definitely. And then I'm 
really bad at, at being able to cite when it was, but I know that during my lifetime, it was like in style to have also very, very little curves and to be as skinny as possible. Kind yeah, of like that was how like it is the Paris Asia. Hilton, Nicole Richie. Yeah. Like early 2000s. Yeah, totally. And now, finally, God has blessed me and big booties are in. <laughs> Thank you, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, and now that's what everyone is working towards, like building different muscle groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine if, like, in early 2000s, you had a big booty and you worked really hard to get rid of it, and then this time period <laughs> came, af- came around and you were like, but... I just... <laughs> yeah, I don't see how you get rid of it, but yeah, it's if you got it, you easy. got it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Yeah, sorry. I'm so all over the place today. <laughs> so I think another thing in North America that they mention in in the study is that, as I was saying, to be thin is to be healthy. And Mm -hmm. so there are a lot of misconceptions about that. And I was watching a video yesterday about different things that are popular in the U.S. that are not healthy and are touted to be healthy. Something like cleanses or, you Mm -hmm. know, these kind of crash diets or stuff like that. And you just want to be as thin as possible. But that's not to say how you got there was healthy. Yeah. Well, that's something else this article mentions is that North American ideas about body image often lead to misconceptions about health. So Mm -hmm, Exactly. It's not without consequence, for sure. We will obviously link up all of these articles that we find. We're just giving you very, very brief summaries. Mm -hmm. But there was this other one where a study examined exercise differences between American and Chinese college students. And like we said, Americans exercised for weight control and physical appearance, whereas the Chinese students exercised more for health and enjoyment reasons. So the lead study author said, although we didn't study the origins of these exercise motivations, it may be a reflection of cultural values and what young people are taught to prioritize about themselves. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, I know that we're trying to change the culture right now, but... I don't blame my mom for this. I blame society for this. Mom, it's not your fault. But I definitely grew up thinking, okay, the most important thing is that I look good, that I appear beautiful and and youthful and healthy. Yeah, and I mean, I definitely feel that I got the same message from movies or from the magazines, everything. Mm-hmm. It's said a lot nowadays, but totally true that Mm -hmm. the magazines how do you lose weight how to get a flatter stomach and how to do all this stuff to make you more traditionally attractive Mm -hmm. but it is trying to be changed at the moment and be more body positive Mm -hmm. but I mean it's a slow process yeah I mean changing a culture is not something that can be done overnight So another important thing to think about when regarding exercise by culture is gender roles. In a lot of cultures, still being a woman means taking care of the house or having some restrictions on what is acceptable to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So you found a really interesting study about women's perceptions of exercise and the physical activity many women do around the world. Yeah, so these researchers talked to some immigrants in Australia from Arabic-speaking countries, from the Philippines, from Sudan. From Bosnia. Yeah, and so we have some interesting quotes from them. So the respondent from Sudan said, In Africa, we have this belief, the bigger you are, the better. You are rich, you are happy and healthy. You are skinny, they think you're sick. I think someone skinny in Africa has AIDS. Yeah, so that's like a totally different perception of a healthy physical manifestation is. Yeah, having different points of reference societally. The prevalence of AIDS in Africa gives them a different perception. Yeah, exactly. And then there's also domestic duties that make the idea of physical activity kind of impossible because it is the norm that a woman takes care of the house. Yeah. So there was this one quote from a woman from an Arabic-speaking country said, In our culture, men usually do nothing at home. Women do the cooking and the cleaning, even if they work. If they want to do something, they don't have the chance. So it's just not in their realm of possibility, basically. Yeah. And another respondent, I think Filipina, talked about how she used to walk a lot, but she had some kind of a scary incident with somebody who stopped a car near her. So she didn't feel safe anymore doing that. Right. And that's that's pretty normal, I think, to have something scare you. I mean, if you don't have your health, you have nothing. And so she did what seemed logical, for sure. Yeah, so she no longer has that outlet. It eliminates a possibility for her. Yeah, and maybe a lot of women don't have access to a gym or some kind of space in their home where they can do exercise. And if they live in a dangerous area, then that might not be an option to do outside exercise as well. Exactly, yeah. There was one more regarding gender. This one is from a Bosnian resident that I thought was a very clear message. She says, Everyone has different lives. Sometimes I have to start work at 8.30. I leave so early for the traffic. Then I finish 3.30, 4 o'clock, and when I reach home, I have to cook for my family. After dinner, we have to clean up, get ready for bed for the next day. Tell me when I'm going to exercise. Yeah, a lot of times due to those constraints that are usually established by gender in this case, women don't necessarily have the option or the availability to exercise. Exactly. Even if they would like. Yeah, some different perspectives on health and definitely a lot of different reasons that people don't feel that they are able to. And Mm -hmm. they're, of course, perfectly valid reasons. And I think that's going to be a challenge for future generations is trying to help people prioritize physical activity as technology advances, but also mm-hmm. within cultures to change cultures to make sure that people are more health conscious because it is not in our nature to be long term focused like that unless it's built into the culture. Like, for example, Chinese culture is kind of they focus more on long-term health instead of immediate results of being useful or whatever. So Yeah, totally. That's a good point. We do have one more study before we move on about what actually does motivate people to exercise across cultures. And there were three main things. Sorry, there are just two things. Number one, they have to have a companion for physical activity. And number two, they need to receive encouragement from a significant other. Those are both associated with higher physical activity in children and adolescents. That's interesting. I mean, 
Yeah, if you don't have that kind of either accountability or encouragement, then it does become harder to self-motivate, I think. Yeah, yeah. I am pretty self-motivated, but that's from like years of honing in and making sure that I have... I think you're pretty self-motivated as well, but I think that's something that develops in adults. And it definitely doesn't develop in all adults, but... yeah. In order to help foster that, we can try to do everything we can for our children by encouraging them and making sure that it's a social activity. Yeah. Cool. So now I'm really interested to talk about the different kinds of exercise that are popular in different areas of the world. Yeah, I really like this part too. We saved the best for last for sure. (laughs) First, China. A lot of people are familiar with Tai Chi. Walking, ballroom dancing, yoga. Chinese people are very into low-impact exercises that don't get your heart rate up too high. And I found that to be the case in Korea as well. Huh. There are also always old ladies in the park dancing to their little... Not Zumba, but it's like old lady Zumba, basically, in the mornings and the evenings. Yeah, so that's really interesting. That is definitely a difference in culture to prefer low impact over high intensity. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. So a lot of Swedes do outdoor exercise. So things like biking or skiing. I thought it was interesting. It said that you can find a lot of outdoor gyms where you can do resistance training during a bike ride or a run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think... Outdoor public fitness areas are, are really cool. We have them in Asia, too. You might remember them from Korea. Yeah, that was one of the things I found really funny about Korea, mm-hmm. about Korean parks. And people use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see people on them all the time. I love the little thing where you sit down and then you twist your, you twist, like, the top. I don't even remember how it worked, but people love to twist for your here. abs? Yeah, yeah. it's probably for the abs, yeah. <laughs> it does nothing for me. It's not because I'm too strong. It's just because like it, there's no resistance on it. It's just like movement. But it's something, you know? Yeah. It's something for at least being mobile. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think that's great. In Spain, too, they have a lot of those little exercise kind of machines. Mm-hmm. I think they're geared towards older people because it is a kind of a cultural thing that older people tend to get out a lot and Mm -hmm. they go to the park and they sit or they walk around. That's great. Yeah, it's awesome. These machines, I think, are pretty low intensity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I've done them and I'm like, okay, this is definitely aimed at older people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's really useful, I think, to have. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think they tend to be aimed toward older people here as well. But I mean, older people use them. So yeah, I think they're great. Yeah. But this one was like my second favorite in the entire group was France. (laughs) Parkour is huge in France. I had no idea. Yeah. (laughs) But it was invented in France in 1988. And so if you're not familiar with parkour, it's where people use buildings, parks and streets like a gym to complete expressive and sometimes risky moves. Uh, that makes so much sense. The word, I mean, parkour. You think? Parkour. Yeah, it sounds French. Oh, yeah, parkour. parkour. Yeah, it totally does. That's true. Yep, I always just think of this New Girl episode where... <laughs> <laughs> Was it Schmidt who's randomly like, parkour! And he's like jumping around on things? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
I recently watched the episode of The Office where they're all doing parkour as well. Uh, Michael and Andy and Dwight. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, I mean, like in American culture, I feel like we kind of make fun of parkour. Yeah, it's because it can be done really badly and look super stupid. But yeah. when it's actually done well, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. People get really, really strong, I think. Or you have to be really, really strong. It's very impressive. Mm-hmm. But when you do it just like you just run and like tap your feet on stuff, then it does not look cool. <laughs> it's just it's it's very dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So in Brazil, not surprisingly, maybe, it has the second biggest fitness industry after the U.S. Mm -hmm. So when I think of Brazil, I do tend to think of a very body image conscious public. Mm -hmm. So it is kind of the capital of body surgery, like, you know, (laughs) butt implants, boob implants. Yeah, plastic surgery. That's what I mean to say. Mm So it makes sense to me that they would have also a large fitness industry. And not surprisingly as well, soccer is really popular, but so is volleyball and polo. Hmm. And a lot of outdoor things like hiking, running on the beach, and water sports. Yeah, that makes sense. I bet Brazil would be a good place for all of these things. I've never been there, Mm -hmm. but I think of it as like a sunny place, which is optimal for outdoor activities. Yeah. And, you know, the Brazilians that I know... If they're listening, you guys are probably the most attractive people I know. (laughs) (laughs) I had one student from Brazil who is just like, he, it was very weird. He was like, oh, I really like pasta. And he, he ate like a lot of really unhealthy food, but he always has a six pack. Like, I don't understand. (sighs) He just came out of the womb with a six pack. Another one. I don't know why, but I thought it was really funny. Um, People in the UK love to make their workouts a little more fun with like big mixes of classes. So ballet inspired classes like cardio or fight club s cardio. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the UK doesn't have the greatest weather also. So maybe they just want to like keep themselves entertained because they have yeah. to work out indoors a lot. I think a lot of these things are also popular in the US, like bar or... Zumba. Zumba, yeah, exactly. Pilates. I think they're fun. Yeah, they they are fun. The classes that I've taken have been really good. They always push Mm -hmm. me out of my comfort zone, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Afterward, you're like, ah, ow. Yeah. In Australia, apparently F45 Mm -hmm. is really popular. I wasn't familiar with it, Functional 45. So, do you know what it is? Can you explain? Yeah, uh, actually there's F45, there is an F45 gym here in Shenzhen now, and it's like high intensity interval training. Yeah. And I think it's 45 seconds of each exercise plus like a 15 second rest, and then, and then a bunch of different exercises and, it's really popular and and it's also really good because it's a social thing like it's very expensive to go to these gyms but you develop a group of friends who exercise with you so that's supposed to be part of the appeal kind of like weight watchers like weight watchers 
Mm. is supposed to be one of the best weight loss programs because people develop social circles that have common goals, just like F45. Interesting. Yeah. Is it similar to CrossFit? I've never done CrossFit either, but... Uh, yeah, what I understand from CrossFit is you definitely have a social circle of CrossFit people, and they uh-huh. all meet together. I actually I haven't done CrossFit either, but what I understand is they have a certain workout that they're supposed to follow, and they go at their own pace, but they try to go as fast as they can through it. Whereas F45 is everybody's doing the same thing at the same time. Oh, I see. Yeah. And I don't know how many, um, I think it's a lot of body weight in F45, whereas CrossFit is, like, really heavy stuff. Right. There's more equipment. Yeah. If anybody has experience with this, clearly we're not experts, so feel free to correct us if we're wrong, or or give us a good job if we're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, from what I read, it is more body weight stuff, and CrossFit has more equipment, but... Mm -hmm. The goal seemed somewhat similar, yeah. like high intensity and intervals or something like that. Anyway. Anyway, apparently they're both very effective. So South Africa, a lot of people exercising outside, hiking and mountain biking, especially in Cape Town. They have a picture of a mountain outside Cape Town. That's really cool. So we'll post that link. In Iceland, swimming is really popular. And actually, I remember when I was in Iceland, going to like a public pool, which was heated and it was cool. But a lot of people were swimming. It was it seemed like a thing that people went to do quite often. Yeah, apparently there are a lot of pools in Iceland Mm -hmm. because people like to swim so much. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, here it's kind of a luxury. It's definitely a luxury to go to a pool. And even then, it's not that popular. A lot of foreigners go to pools, but Chinese people generally don't love being in the sun. So if they are at a pool, they would rather be indoors or under umbrellas and not in the sun. Mm -hmm. That's another cultural value. Yeah. In Germany, people love exercising. They love challenging their body. Apparently in Cologne... People really like indoor rock climbing. Yeah. You know, Cologne is an interesting city. I don't think I've been there, but there are so many songs written about Cologne. Oh, okay. Kölner bin, like, is because I'm from Cologne, I'm a Coloner, and people really, really love Cologne. So I think maybe it's kind of a cultural hub in Germany. But anyway, apparently they have a lot of indoor rock climbing. They do skate parks and parkour as well. Uh, and then water skiing and rowing clubs. So a lot of very uh, different kinds of workouts, but still it sounds like people like to have fun with their workouts. Awesome. So the U.S. is interesting to me because the fitness culture is really strong, but it's not everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are niches, and it does have like a lot of different things. So like we talked about bar and we talked about different types of aerobics classes. And then there's CrossFit and then spin. And so a lot of people would go to a gym or something like that or do hiking, etc. Mm-hmm. But apparently the most popular thing to do is walking. Yeah, that surprised me too. Yeah, and I guess it kind of makes sense. This strikes me as kind of outside of the fitness world, the thing that most people would do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
I'm a runner, but I'm not a fast runner, and I'm only a runner because I've grown to love it. But I think that a lot of people <laughs> don't love running and will never ru love running, and they know that they can get exercise from walking, so that's totally fair. Yeah. But this one was my favorite by far. A common workout in Spain. Have you seen this? Osabal? <laughs> I think I... Let me Google it. Apparently, it's a combination of football, volleyball, and Brazilian dance. And athletes compete on a giant trampoline with a net. No, I have not seen it, but it looks awesome. Yeah, it sounds awesome, man. I would love jumping on a trampoline. Actually, there are trampoline workouts that I know you can do in the U.S., like fitness uh -huh. classes on trampolines but yeah but it's not like this no this sounds really fun it's like a workout on a trampoline with rules basically yeah it's a game anyway yeah i don't know it looks fun i haven't seen it though yeah it looks really cool well if you have any comments on the way your culture likes to exercise then we would love to hear from you just let us know drop us a line Yeah, let us know. And if you have a perspective on what your country's attitude towards exercise is, that'd be also really interesting to hear. Since we weren't able to find exactly that. Mm -hmm. What we were hoping for. Yeah, that would be awesome to hear. So I think that was pretty much it for exercise. And now I think it's time for... Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation. Yeah, man. Yeah. Two weeks in a row, Lost in Translation. That's pretty great. Yeah. This is Simone, and she gave us a Lost in Translation. So let's take a listen. Uh, my name is Simone. I'm an English teacher in Madrid, and one of my students the other day was telling me a story about how she had been messaging her um, fiancé's mother, and she accidentally told the woman, be quiet, instead of saying... when she wanted to say something like, it's okay, no pasa nada, tranquila. Like no worries instead of yeah. instead of be quiet. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Do you know if there were any ramifications? Well, I asked her if if she responded confused, and she said she never responded. Apparently. Oh no. <laughs> The fiancé asked her, like, did you tell my mom to be quiet? <laughs> And she was like, yeah, what's the problem? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, quieto means, like, calm or, you know, don't worry, like, be quiet. Be yeah. well, That's the literal translation, but it's not... It's not exactly the same meaning in English, so... No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember when I was in Spain and people would tell me, tranquila, tranquila, and it, and you're right, like, tranquila basically means, oh, don't worry about it, it everything's cool, yeah? Mm-hmm. But, like, to an Anglophone, it's kind of, like, calm down, relax, what's wrong, you know? Like, you're getting yeah. worked up over nothing, and it's more, it's more... 
I mean, eventually I, I figured out it was supposed to be like a relaxed thing to say, not like a stop getting in yourself in a tiffy or something. Yeah. Well, I think this one's worse though because quieto, I mean, can be still. Yeah. And so I have a lot of students who will say, I am quiet, meaning I'm not moving. It's so funny that she she told her mother-in-law to be quiet. She totally <sighs> didn't mean that. It's like, shut up. I don't want to listen to you anymore. Be quiet. <laughs> yeah, that's super awkward. Oh, well. Thank you so much, Simone, for your Lost in Translation moment. That was really good. Yes. <laughs> that, was, that was a really great example of being lost in translation. Yeah, because the words are similar and they kind of have a similar meaning. I'm sure they have the same root, but very different yes, quite ramifications. So. Very different tones mm-hmm. in different languages, yeah. So send us your Lost in Translation moments via the voice recorder on our website or send a voice memo to languagenerds2earth at gmail.com. We are waiting for you. Subscribe to the podcast. Hit that button. Then you'll get all the notifications when we release new episodes. Do it. And make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And sometimes when we remember, we post on YouTube and Pinterest as well. (laughs) Yes. Please leave us a review. That would be greatly helpful for people to find the show. And it lets us know that you're enjoying it. And yeah, we love it. Yeah, we really love hearing from you. Just feed our egos. That's all we need. Just a little bit of an ego boost. Yeah. So, oh, next week, what are we going to talk about? Next week, traveling light. How do you pack? Mm, Yes, minimalistic travel as much as possible. This will be good for me. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I can do it, but it's, it's a challenge. Yeah, same. Every time Seth is like, you can take four dresses, put the rest away. (laughs) They're like, (laughs) but I have 12. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, see you next week, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.